You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Indians fans. This is Jeff Ellis of the Locked On Indians podcast. We will talk about the game today on the show. Um, We'll go into the standings and how things are shaping up. I want to reference a tweet the Indians made today, um, and I want to talk about some of the bandwagon fans and the jumping on and off. Uh, We'll also, in the second half of the show, dig a little bit into Akron and maybe Columbus as well as we try to finish getting around through the minors. So as I speak right now, the Indians are currently losing two to nothing. It's the bottom of six. It's a rain delay. The game doesn't resume. There's enough. The game would be over. Uh, The Indians would lose. The Indians... um, Syndergaard had a perfect game in this one through uh, until the sixth inning. Uh, Sabal's been okay. Some guys caught up to him. I mean, he's been good. That's unfair to say okay. He's been good in this one. He had basically one bad inning, and that came back to haunt him. He has, continues to pitch better than I thought he would. I still think the not missing bats at some point is going to come back to haunt him. We'll see as you know he continues to make a circuit through the league face teams for the second time um i really don't get the decision in this series to not play fran mel reyes uh he played outfield all year for a national league team he's done it that's what he's doing all year to, to leave him glued to the bench okay whatever it just it's another illogical play and what has been a largely illogical series um for the Cleveland Indians, they are on their way to getting swept by, you know, a good team, but a team that they shouldn't get swept by. I don't think there's anyone out there really feeling like the Mets were the better team uh, going into this week, this series. I mean, I said that this would be the game they'd mostly, that they were maybe favor they were favorites in the first game it was a dead heat for game two and this was the one that i thought they'd really struggle in but uh instead they just went out and got hammered in uh all three games and maybe hammered isn't the right term but it just feels like that because they've been such gut punch losses um you know discussing the loss last night for santana to come out and hit that one and then all of a sudden uh, hand comes out and my biggest problem with hand in that inning it's like he didn't do anything um a sacrifice records an out a uh, fielder's choice that gets them the tying run uh, gets out too he fails to make a play in the outfield everything was done to him he didn't have an impact in some way and jd davis is playing really well this year one of the most underrated players in baseball and you're just gonna leave him out there uh <laughs> Well, they lost. That's what happens when you, you go into such a situation. So it's a long – here's the tweet that kind of bothered me. It's a long season. We didn't erase an 11.5 game deficit to roll over. We split a series with one of the best teams in baseball at their home park. We lost two to a fringe postseason team. We understand your frustration. Get it out here, but let's renew the perspective. It's a little bit more than this. I mean, it's not just that they lost the last two to a fringe postseason team. It's, yeah, they split – Two out of four with the Yanks. That's actually a good performance. But they lost two to another fringe postseason team immediately after taking the division lead. They take the division lead. They lose two in a row to a fringe team. They split the series. 
and now they're going to lose. It's shaping up to be three in a row against another fringe postseason team. This has been the worst 10-game stretch for the Indians since June, and it came right after they took over the division lead. Um, you know, I don't want to necessarily pile on here, but it's a situation where there are a lot of people out there actively rooting for the Indians to fail in Cleveland and for them to, you know, finally get that momentum, get over the top, have that great series against the twins, win that game against the Red Sox. So the twins are off and then they go into a tough part of their schedule. And this kind of confirms what a lot of outside media is saying about the Indians, which is they got fat on a really bad schedule. You know, when they had to face good teams, they struggled. They raced an 11.5 game deficit facing teams that were almost exclusively below 500. And that is a concern. At the same time, uh, you don't get to the record they've had by being a mediocre, bad team. This is still a good team. There's still a lot of potential. And this is still a team that, you know, their entire rotation has virtually changed. Um, Bieber has been the only guy who is a, a constant. I mean, even Clevenger, who was there at the start, missed two months nearly with an arm injury. It's uh, If you had said at the start of the year they'd be uh, slated to make the playoffs even as a wild card with four-fifths of the rotation having been uh, injured and missed significant time or traded, you would have thought you were crazy. We'll see where it goes from here. The upside is after this series, it gets a little bit easier. Um, but as I pointed out, they actually have one of the harder schedules over the last few months. Their schedules is much harder than the Twins. It's harder than the much harder than the Rays, and it's kind of on par with the Athletics. But it's this is not going to be an easy final month. You're going to be sweating. So let's say this game holds. Let's say that it doesn't resume and the Indians lose. What is it going to look like in the grand scheme of things um i don't even know if it's worth talking about the twins at this point uh i mean we probably should the upside is they lost yesterday and they've been kind of keeping the indians close by losing to bad teams um they lost against the white Sox. oh was that a day game today or they just don't play tomorrow or they just don't play today they don't have a thursday game that can't be right. That feels wrong. But uh, so whatever the case is, the Indians aren't going to lose ground on the Twins. Um, if they lose, they'll be three and a half back. Uh, it, it's a minor ground loss. It's nothing too big. Uh, like I said, the Twins are six and four in their last ten. That's why the Indians are able to kind of stay in this. The bigger problem is the wild card. So currently, the Indians are up a half a game on both Oakland and Tampa. So that is a razor thin margin. Tampa is currently winning. They are facing the absolutely putrid Baltimore Orioles. No longer the worst team in baseball, though. That belongs to the Detroit Tigers. The Indians do get to face, so upside. But right now, the Rays, um, you know, they've they're. It's a this game is also rain delayed. They were winning, um, but oh no, they never have been winning. I must have misread the box score. I'm sorry. The uh, it's. 2-2, Rays and Orioles. Starting pitcher for the Orioles is Asher Wojciechowski, who the Indians sold them earlier this year. Um, he's actually been okay as a fifth starter for them, but uh, you know, they did a solid by Wojciechowski, giving him that opportunity he wasn't going to get in Cleveland. 2-2, fifth inning, uh, rain delay. Uh, it, with 
Tampa, I mean, <laughs> Cleveland dropped multiple games to the, the Orioles. So, um, and the Orioles, what had one of the biggest upsets in the last 20 years by beating the Astros earlier this year. So who knows what goes on with the Orioles. They apparently can only play well against bad teams or they can only play well against good teams against the bad teams. They get rocked. So this is the first of a four game series of Tampa against the Orioles. That's going to give them some wins. Then they have three games against Houston and then circle it. I've talked about this before. Friday, August 30th, Saturday, August 31st, September 1st against the Cleveland Indians. That is a huge series for this wild card because immediately afterwards, Baltimore, Toronto, Texas, Angels, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees for two, and the Dodgers were also for two, and then the Blue Jays. It's, you know, there, there, there are some teams on there. Um, but like if Boston's sputtering, they're going to shut everyone down at that point. New York um, may not have anything to play for in that two-game series with five games left. The Dodgers will still be pit playing. But other than that, um, after this series, one can make a case that Tampa could either conceivably be facing a lot of AAA squads from good teams or facing below 500 teams. They're going to have a massive advantage over the Indians just in terms of what we're seeing down the stretch. Oakland, um, their schedule is a little bit more difficult. They have uh, playing the Yankees tonight. Right now, I can't remember what the score in that one was. I was looking at it earlier. Whatever happens in that one, you know, they have the Yankees tonight. They don't have a game tomorrow. The, uh, the rare off Friday. And then they got the Giants. Royals for four, Yankees, and then it goes Angels, Detroit, Houston, Texas, Kansas City, Texas, Angels, Seattle. So I was wrong. That's not more difficult of a schedule. Um, so they're they're in a very good position as well. I mean, you, once you get past that Houston series, uh, they get to kind of slide into home, as it were. And if you've already forgotten the Indians' schedule and why I've been concerned with it, it's when you get down to it, while they may be facing the same number of uh, uh, playoff contending teams, there's a difference. Like the, the Yankees are going to have locked up that division. So just to go into it, you know, the, after this, they get Kansas City and Detroit, a welcome respite for these next six games. They need to take five out of six in those games. Um, end of story. Tampa, they really need to win that. Chicago, four games. Um, the thing about the White Sox is you're going to face Giolito, who's been awesome this year. Uh, then you got the Twins. Then you get the Angels. Then you get the Twins again. Tigers, nice little respite. Philadelphia is going to be fighting for a wild card. White Sox again with a chance to again hit Giolito. And then you end with the Washington Nationals also fighting for the wild card. So uh, these are not teams that are going to be shutting it down. You're not facing AAA squad. You're facing teams who are going to be fighting for their life while the Indians are fighting for their life. This schedule is a rough one. It is the hardest of any team uh, in that kind of wild card hunt. Postmates, uh, you know the deal. I've talked about them repeatedly. Postmates is a service that gets you what you want when you want it. Um, I always talk about if you're feeling ill, who wants to when you feel like you're going to be ill, drive to the store to get the medication you need. Postmates will bring it to your door no matter the time, no matter the day, no matter... I was almost at the hour, but that's the same as time. Postmates is going to bring you what you need when you need it and what you want when you need it. Uh, treat yourself. <laughs> the Indians are playing really bad. Maybe you're like, you know what? I need some chocolate cake. 
go on Postmates, see who's got some chocolate cake in the order in the area you can order and get brought to your home. You know, use this as a as a chance to uh, treat yourself when you're facing uh, some bad baseball. Postmates uh, has this fantastic deal going right now where when you download the app, you're going to use the promo code Locked On. You get $100 to use in the first seven days of free delivery. So that means you can get anything you want sent to your house for free for seven days. Uh, you order your groceries. You don't want to pick it up. You don't have to. It's going to get delivered using that 100 bucks for free. Take advantage of it. Get every dime you can out of it. And by the end of that 100 bucks, you'll see uh, why it is that Postmates is a fantastic sponsor and why it is that uh, you'll keep using their service. also want to give a shout-out to the network. Um, doing a lot with the NFL as that season is very close to starting. We're about halfway through the preseason and right now one of the ones we want to talk about is the lockdown fantasy football Vinny Iyer is the, the man there he's been doing it for over 20 years listen to him he's going to be, give you some different ideas some uh, point of views you maybe haven't heard he's going to give you the those all important everyone knows it's not really the the first few rounds where you win it's those late round picks it's getting the good sleeper it's making sure you get the depth guy for the player who's likely going to be injured it's knowing who's trending up um you know if you were smart last year and i'm blanking on the running back for for denver for instance that that probably won uh, a lot of leagues but uh yeah just fantasy football locked on so we are back uh, um Let's see if anything has happened in the game. Uh, at this point, we do have a tweet from the Indians. Uh, so it, it's going to be another hour before the game resumes, but then it could be clear. We'll see. So at this point, it's time to talk about those rubber ducks of Akron. You know, I've been playing the videos from my trips down there, and they're an interesting team. Um you know, right now you got Jeffrey Rodriguez there on a rehab. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is down there on a rehab. It's a good time to go see the Rubber Ducks if you can. Bradley Zimmer's down there on a rehab. So let's just talk about the team. Should we start with the hitters? Probably stands out. Nolan Jones has seven home runs uh, so far this year for the Rubber Ducks. Um, that is not a power-friendly park, and he in 38 games has seven home runs. He had seven home runs in his first 77 in uh, Lynchburg. So his power is coming on quickly. Uh, he is a young player. Just turned 21 in May. He's in double A. He's growing into his body, and that power is there. And, you know, that was always kind of the best tool everyone projected, and it's starting to come. Nolan Jones is going to force his way into Cleveland, likely at some point next year. And don't be shocked if the Indians don't go for any infielders and free agency. Um, they can move Jose Ramirez to second, which I think they likely will do. Then you can let third base be a battle between Chang and Arroyo, and those guys are going to split some time there and basically until Jones is ready. Um, Jones has played exclusively third in the minors. That's where he's going to end up. He had five games at short, so I guess not exclusively, but he's going to end up a third. He's never going to be a great defender there, but he is improving. We see some saw some plays when he was there, quick reaction, things like that. But yeah, I mean, he's going to be ready to go in about a year, and the Indians aren't going to add an infielder because he's going to be ready. And you made that trade for Arroyo. You have Chang. They have options who are sitting there to fill the spot until 
Jones is ready to step in. But the power production is really impressive and just really helps elevate that profile for him down there. Um, Mitch Luongo is a local kid. You want to root for him. It's been a while since we had a Northeastern Ohio on the Indians. Alex Calls, another Mac player who is, uh, every time I watched him, he did something positive. Oscar Gonzalez, just I talked about him on last night's show. It, interesting what he does. Uh, Ernie Clement, he's going to be on the Indians someday as a backup utility infielder. I have no doubt. Andrew Monastario, uh, you know, another piece of that Jan Gomes deal. Catchers we can look past. Pitching-wise, it's a really interesting squad. This is where this lineup really shines, and not even looking at the guys down here on rehab. Robert Broom, uh, upper-tier relieving prospect, relieving relief prospect. I would probably put him as the third or fourth-best relief prospect in the system. Kyle Dowdy, uh, who they lost in the Rule 5 and is now being worked exclusively as a reliever. He's got big-time velocity. Sam Hentges is a borderline top-10 prospect. He's had some. He's had a very up-and-down season in AA, but he's still a 6'8 left-hander. Um, you go down the line. Eli Morgan is the opposite of Hentges, where he is 5'10". Uh, first time I saw him in the dugout i thought he was like a an assistant not not quite a bat boy but i thought he was you know he looks very young and he is he might be like five nine i'm not sure if he's the full five ten but uh he just he's got the best secondary offering in the indians minors right now and he just continues to perform adam scott was a senior sign who they gave more than senior sign money which immediately goes oh he's good um, because you most seniors can't get six-figure signing bonuses. They just can't. Teams aren't going to do that. Their teams have the leverage. And he's pitched really well as he's ascended um, up to double-A. Uh, Scott Moss did not stay here long because they also won. They like Jake Paulson, who last year led the league in ERA, another guy from the Reds. Uh, talking with Paulson, and one of the things I think is interesting to track with Moss is um, talking to these guys, and Jordan Stevens, I believe, was also with the Reds, um, before the Indians claimed him. the Reds pitching development is kind of a horror show. Um, you talk to these players and like, you, it, you just, they talk about what Cleveland does and what the Reds do. And one sounds like they're from, uh, the middle ages and the other sounds like they're from the future and the guys leave the Reds and they can't believe what the Indians do and what they can figure out with mechanics and how much they focus on these guys where the Reds seem to just be like, go out and pitch. It'll be fine. I mean, the I have not talked to someone yet who's come over from the Reds who um, isn't really impressed with the Indians and really down kind of on the Reds' approach to development. Uh, you know, Dalbert Siri is a former kind of big name who's worked well out of the pen, big velocity. Argentis Angulo's been up and down, but he's been really effective at points this year. Uh, Henry Martinez was really interesting a year ago. Again, this is just a team that is loaded in terms of pitching. That's what you want to see when you go there. But Nolan Jones is the crown jewel of the entire minor league. So, of course, um, he is the player to see no matter who is pitching. Do my patented top five pro- top five prospects down there. Nolan Jones is easily the number one. Number two is where I kind of have those internal debates, but I think it probably comes out to be Eli Morgan at this point then I would probably put Adam Scott, who is still a starter. Robert Broom is probably my four. And the five, 
I feel like I'm forgetting someone. This is again, it's a team that's got some surprising depth to it. It's five is likely to be probably still give it to Oscar Gonzalez at this point in time. You know, he's kind of a, Oh no, I didn't even say Sam Hank is right. I went Jones. Um, what? No, I didn't. So, cause it goes Jones, Morgan, Scott, Broom, Henkis. There we go. There's the top five for me at this point, just in terms of um, ceiling and all of that stuff. We'll quickly do Buffalo. Bit of a long one today, but I promised we'd get through the minors this week. Yes, you did hear me slip and say Buffalo there. Um, I, you know, that's the former affiliate from quite a while ago. So this is another team that is a lot better than it was earlier in the year. Kai Tom was tearing the cover off of Akron. He's up there. Uh, Daniel Johnson was also tearing the cover off the ball in Akron and is one of the Indians' top prospects. He's down there. Jake Bowers has played quite well since his demotion. Uh, you got Bobby Bradley and all the home runs. Yu Chen Chang, a top 10 prospect. Andrew Velasquez, who the Indians traded for. And, you know, fan favorites, Eric Stemetz and Max Morhoff. Eric Haas is down there, who's likely going to be the team's backup catcher in a year. And then the pitching staff is it, honestly a lot of fun. Logan Allen, who was a major piece in the uh, the trade for, for Bauer. Cam Hill, really a name to know amongst the relievers. His velocity is up and putting things together. Scott Moss, another piece in that trade with uh, for Bauer. Kyle Nelson, the top left-handed reliever in system. Uh, I've talked about Michael Peoples and why I think he's an interesting like depth arm. Jared Robinson, I've talked about at length, is a... Uh, interesting relief prospect james karen i've gotten into a lot of debates online about what karen uh were would he be called up this year and i still think what it comes down to is i've talked about a lot about the complete lack of uh wiggle room this team has on their 40 man and i still think that the indians are going to be less likely to add a guy who does not need to be added to the 40-man, who isn't a slam dunk. Uh, Karen Chalk has looked better, but he still has a very limited performance and some performance issues as well. I'm sorry, Stevens came from the White Sox side note, so got that one wrong. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's Karen Chalk, just because guys like Robinson, Cam Hill, those are the guys who I think we could see. And you've got a coach who doesn't trust rookies. You're What's the point of calling up Karen Jock? Um, you know he's not going to play. He's not going to be put in any type of situation to succeed. And all of a sudden you're down another 40 spot when, I mean, I was extremely aggressive in the cuts to the 40 man, and it still sets them up to probably lose two guys in the Rule 5 draft, if not more. Uh, so that was all just so I could talk about the pitching, kind of get through stuff. Who's going to get called up? Well, um, you look at this team. Yu Chen Chang's already on the 40. Bobby Bradley will get called up. Andrew Valesquez, those guys are already on the 40. Eric Haas, they always like to carry three catchers. Um, Bowers will be back. Daniel Johnson likely gets called up because he needs to be added in the offseason. Pitching-wise, uh, Logan Allen, again on the 40-man. John Edwards on the 40-man. Josh D. Smith on the 40-man. Jordan Stevens on the 40-man. That all matters. Those guys will get called up, as will Ty Olson and Carlos Carrasco. And as I said, I think Cam Hill in particular stands out as a pitcher who will get the opportunity. And that's part of the other reason um, 
you know, with uh, why I don't think Karen Chalk gets called up. I've already named a lot of arms. Um, and, you know, it's just, I don't think there's an, he would make a big enough impact at this point. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he would. But uh, I don't think the Indians are in a rush. Scott Moss could also get the call up as a lefty um, because he's got to be out in the offseason. And the Indians have pretty aggressively promoted him since they acquired him in that trade. Top five prospects real quickly for this level. Um, I think I'd have to start with Logan Allen, uh, in all honesty. I am still a big believer in Yu Chen Chang, so he would be two. <sighs> oh, Daniel Johnson, actually, two. Chang, three. I knew I was forgetting someone. I'm like, who am I forgetting? So that leaves me four, five, uh, only counting healthy players, and so no Nick Sandlin in this. <sighs> I'd probably put... Karen Chalk, honestly, at, at four, just in terms of what he could be, what he could turn into. And then I'm still going to go Eric Haas at five. I still believe in his ability to be a league average catcher and the value there is in a league average catcher. So uh, I, I just, I've had my talk about Bobby Bradley. You know, why he, uh, he fell short. I mean, honestly, I would have probably put even someone like Kyle Nelson ahead of him at this point in time just because of likely value asset of players. I want to thank everyone for listening on this week. It has been a depressing week for Indians baseball. Hopefully it will get better. Well, it will definitely get better because the Royals and the Tigers are on the schedule. So things are going to get a lot better a lot sooner. And as always, go Tribe.